You're listening to the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast, episode number 58. And today, ladies, we are diving into all things brain health. And do I have a great episode planned for you? But first, I wanted to give you a shout out from one of our reviewers of the week. And it's from Queen C. Dersharm. She says, Michelle has been such a wealth of knowledge to help me get back on track to take better care of myself. Thank you so much, Queen C. I appreciate you saying that. It warms my heart to hear that people are able to take the knowledge that we're providing on the podcast and actually implement it into their daily lives. Second, I want to let you know that today's episode is being brought to you by my free self-assessment that I'm giving to you that goes along with today's episode on how optimized is your brain. So you're going to want to find out how optimized is your brain. So I want you to go over to wellwomannetwork.com forward slash episode 58, and you can download the freebie from there. And let's dive in and learn all about how our brain is going works and how our brain is going to function better by the things that we do each and every day. Come on, let's dive in. Well, women, it's time for a new perspective on women's health. A time to understand that your greatest wealth is your health. A time to make self-care your number one priority. A time to recognize that good health is the only way to live your best life and do all that you can in this world. So join me on this journey where we'll explore women's health topics from a medical provider's viewpoint, have conversations about everyday healthy lifestyle options, and enjoy interviews with other well women we can all learn from. It's time to demystify women's health and learn practical ways to apply self-care to every part of our lives. This is the Well Woman Lifestyle Podcast, and I'm your host, Michelle Broad, certified women's and adult nurse practitioner, daughter, wife, mother, and all-out women's health enthusiast. So you ready to start the journey? Let's go. So welcome back, ladies, to another episode. And I just want to let you know that this episode is being brought to you by our free self-assessment that goes with this episode, and it's titled, How Optimized is your brain. So after you listen to the episode, when you have a chance to sit down in front of a computer or on your phone, I want you to go to wellwomannetwork.com forward slash episode 58 and download our free assessment and see how optimized is your brain. Okay. So first of all, just to fill you in a little bit, I just wanted to say, you know, um, let you know why I've been a little bit MIA um, this past couple of weeks. We didn't put out a podcast last week because as y'all know, um, my daughter was expecting and um, she delivered a beautiful baby girl last Saturday, May 18th. And her name is Kendall Michelle. Yes, she's named after her infamous grandma here. But anyways, so she gave birth on Saturday, and the Thursday prior to that, um, a good friend of mine passed away. So, you know, I was just, you know, I was torn between a heavy heart because my friend passed away and having a joyful heart because my daughter was just delivering this beautiful baby girl that, you know, we've been praying for for two years through one miscarriage and two infertility treatments and a whole lot of roller coaster emotions that I went through with my daughter. So I was so excited for her and um, for our whole family. 
and for my son-in-law and his family. But at the same time, I was trying to grasp this cycle of life thing, you know, and just, you know, I just had to sit back and I just had to take some time with it, you know, just regroup and just not blog, not podcast, just not do anything. And sometimes, you know, as busy business women, we really need to just do that. And we need to honor that feeling of just needing to sit and not be productive and just kind of honor that space inside our heart. And I knew without a shadow of a doubt that, you know, my friend was smiling as she was entering heaven and this beautiful baby girl was um, entering the world to take her space. So, you know, it's just, it just goes to show that life is short, you know, and we need to really enjoy all those moments and, and take those moments and allow ourselves to, um, to feel, to experience, to be with friends and family and to really soak it up because we don't know, you know, when our time on this earth is up. It could be today, it could be tomorrow, it could be 10 years from now, who knows? So, you know, start enjoying life today and putting it on the front burner. You know, I always talk about that. So, you know, in light of my little baby granddaughter um, coming into this world, I decided that I'm going to do this podcast today all about brain health because, you know, I want to have brain health and I want it to be functioning for a long time because I plan on taking this child, you know, and doing a lot of things with her. So she's already, she was loved before she was even conceived and she's already spoiled before she's, you know, not even, she's just a week old, but you know, she's the apple of my eye. So what can I say? So today I want to talk to you about brain health. So here's the topics that we're going to cover. We're going to go over six healthy behaviors that benefit brain health. Then we're going to talk about five ways to exercise your brain to combat cognitive decline. Then we're going to move into five ways exercising your body is good for your brain. Then we're going to move into sleep and why it's important to sleep your way to a healthy brain. And then we're going to end with five superfoods. Your brain needs to stay young. Okay. So hang with me. This is going to be a fun episode. And like I said, go grab the assessment afterwards to find out how optimized is your brain. So let's get started. So often, ladies, you know, we talk about living a healthy lifestyle, and you know that that's my jam, and that's what I talk about, self-care and having a healthy lifestyle. But a lot of the times, you know, when we talk about this healthy lifestyle, we focus just on the, on the outer parts of our body. You know, primarily, you know, like our heart health or getting into better physical shape, you know, eating better, you know, drinking more water, de-stressing, and yes, stress, de-stressing is important. But, you know, we hardly ever mention or talk about keeping our brains healthy until we're talking about the latest statistics about Alzheimer's or dementia. You know, and we just start talking about brain health when, you know, either like my mom is on that side, you know, she's got a little touch of Alzheimer's or we see, you know, it in other people's parents who are aging or even, you know, early onset dementia or Alzheimer's happens in young people as well today. But it's not just a topic that just comes to mind, just like all those other things do. So it's important that we really start focusing and start thinking about our body as a whole. And that includes our brain. Because you know, I talked to you that we need to talk from the top of our head to the tips of our toes and that we are one whole person. So, you know, very often, you know, we want to adapt healthy habits to like lose weight or to stave off diseases like type 2 diabetes, heart problems. But what about, what about our brains, ladies? Our brains will benefit as well when we are doing all those other things too. But in order to make these quick changes and to make the changes stick, 
We need to fully understand the results that our bad habits have on our brain health. I think when we start to look at things from that perspective, like the results of what the bad habit is causing us, it's a lot easier to understand it than just coming at it from a negative front perspective. Okay. So the first thing I want us to talk about, and you know that this is in all my teachings everywhere. I talk to you about reducing a stress level because any kind of stress releases the hormone cortisol. And we've talked about this in other episodes. We've talked about hormones 101. I've done a whole series on stress. So you can go back to those podcast episodes if you haven't listened to them and re-listen to them over again too, which over time can kill brain cells and it can cause the brain to physically shrink in size. Cortisol affects the prefrontal cortex. That's the thinking part, which is the area primarily responsible for memory and learning. To reduce your stress level, I want you to start with daily aerobic exercises or meditation or yoga. You can even journal your thoughts because this can help relieve stress. And so can just taking a simple bath with Epsom salt and some essential oils and some candles. So weather permitting, if you're in an area where the weather permits, then I want you to go outside and just take a walk in nature to feel more grounded to this planet. Okay. So, you know, in my courses and in my membership, And in my coaching one-on-one, I talk to you a great deal about stress reduction because it is so prevalent today and stress can kill and it can promote disease, which can also kill. So we need to nip it in the bud as much as we can. And like I said before, you know, we're not going to get rid of all stress, but it's what you do with that stress. That's the most important. Number two, I want you to stop multitasking. If you want to improve your focus and be more productive during your day, stop multitasking. Okay. Now I know us women, we're great multitaskers and I like to consider myself one of the top multitaskers out there, but trying to focus on more than one task at a time, ladies, affects our focus and our concentration. Since you're trying to split your brain power, as powerful as your brain is, it was designed to focus on only one thing at a time. While multitasking, you run the risk of not completing tasks successfully. Okay. You know, women are known for multitasking. Men are known for, you know, blinders, putting the blinders on. We need to get more like men, put those blinders on because it really is so much more brain taxing. And I can tell you this from personal use. When I'm in my office and I'm practicing and I'm seeing like 25 to 30 people a day and I'm switching from one room, this person has a headache. And then I walk into door number two and they have an abdominal pain. Then I walk into door number three and they've got knee pain. And I'm constantly every seven minutes, I'm shifting my brain power to think from this disease entity to that one, to the next one, to the next one. I can honestly tell you that by the end of the day, I am mentally exhausted Okay. I'm not physically exhausted. I'm mentally exhausted because I'm forcing my brain to be on and off, on and off, on and off all day long without just concentrating on doing one thing. Now I'm not saying that you can't do a few things. Okay. But I'm talking about, you know, don't be doing this laundry, um, then, you know, paying the bills, then getting on the computer, then trying to, you know, do a report with your kid or write a business plan. You know, those are just too many things, things that take a lot of brain power. Okay. If an assignment or a task is going to take a lot of brain power, then concentrate on just that one task. Okay. If you have several things to do, 
that really don't take up a lot of brain power, then by all means, I'm giving you the approval, okay, to go ahead and do those several things at a time. But if it's something that you really need to get done, something that you need to really concentrate with, then just sit and be focused with that. Shut your cell phone off, your email notifications, and just work on that one thing, okay? Next is I want you to avoid harmful substances, alcohol, cigarettes, drugs, aspartame, sugar, genetically modified things, and pesticides are just a few of the harmful substances that can cause irreparable harm to your brain. Sometimes the effects occur after several years of use, but the sooner you ditch some of these bad habits, the better chance you have on avoiding brain-related diseases. Some of these include Alzheimer's disease, dementia, cancer, and seizures. So it's okay to maybe to have some alcohol in moderation, okay to have sugar in some moderation, but really, if you drink heavily, if you smoke, if you're doing marijuana because it's so legal now, you know, and doing a lot of it, if you drink a lot of diet sodas that have aspartame in them, or you're drinking a lot of regular sodas that have sugar in them, or you're eating a lot of genetically modified products, over time, ladies, this is going to affect your brain health. So you need to clean up your diet and start doing it today. Number four, lower your earbud volume. Okay. Not only can high decibels harm your hearing, but now there's a link between hearing loss and loss of brain tissue as we get older. Experts think the loss of brain tissue is due to the brain overcompensating for the hearing loss by working overtime to understand what's being said. So lower your earbud volume to less than 60% and take frequent breaks to enjoy the quiet. Now I know for a lot of us, quiet is intimidating but I want you to learn to enjoy the quiet, to just sit in it and be okay with it. You know, and even if you're with somebody else, learn to be quiet with somebody else. We have a hard time with that. If we're with somebody else, we think that we've got to constantly be talking and have communication, but sometimes just sitting in silence and being near somebody else is very therapeutic. Next is, of course, you know, I'm going to tell you to drink more water because dehydration is cause for concern because water is a major component of the human body. Not only does your water intake affect every single bodily function and organ, but dehydration can cause your brain to shrink in size and will affect your memory and cognitive functioning. Okay. And I'm talking about water here. I'm not talking about drinking sodas or any of those other kind of things. So in severe cases, usually seen as we get older, Dehydration can lead to incoherence, infection, and falling episodes. Experts advise drinking half your body weight in ounces every day to maintain proper hydration. And you know, I've talked about this before, and we've done water challenges inside the group. Okay. Oh, I'm just going to stop here and ask you Are you part of our Well Woman Network 360 group on Facebook? Well, I hope you know that we have one. So if you haven't joined, please come on over and join us there because we continue conversations all around this topic and other topics in the group. So again, it's Well Woman Network 360 on Facebook. All right. Number six, I want you to be more social. Okay. Because a lot of us busy business women, whether we are running a business from home or we're working our way up the career path, we tend to isolate ourselves a lot. And I know that I, a lot of times feel alone sitting in my own home office all the time and not being able to get out and meet other people. Social interaction ladies with friends and family will help you feel younger, but also boost the dopamine in our brains. 
A, two, a 2008 study at the University of Michigan showed a link between having a 10-minute conversation and improved cognitive functioning and memory. Also, the stress of feeling lonely can contribute to high blood pressure, depression, and anxiety. I think more and more as we move into a digital age, I think that we're seeing a rise in depression and anxiety due to loneliness. Humans are meant to be social and have an innate need for human interaction. A simple invitation for coffee can have a profound effect on your mental state. So only you are in control of your life, ladies, and the choices you make. So I want you to start taking care of your brain by implementing one or more of these healthy habits that I've just talked to you about. Okay, so I'm going to take a few minute breather here, and then we're going to come back and I'm going to talk to you about five ways exercising your brain can combat cognitive decline. All right. So health experts, ladies often bring out the phrase, use it or lose it. And we've heard this so many times in in exercise, right? Either you lose it or you're going to lose it. And I talk to my ladies about the old vajayjay. I say, either you lose that you use it or you're going to lose it because if you don't, it gets harder over time. So when speaking about our body's muscles, like I just said, that's where we've heard that. But if you don't use your muscles regularly, they will atrophy and you will lose strength, especially as we are aging. But to combat atrophy and muscle loss, you need to engage in strength training exercises. And did you know that this is the same truth for our brains? As we start to get older, our cognitive reserves start to fade, and we find ourselves searching for lost words or taking longer to perform mental tasks. With the preponderance of news about Alzheimer's disease and dementia, retraining those cognitive reserves becomes an even more important function than it was in the years past. Because we're just seeing much more Alzheimer's quicker, and we're seeing more dementia, and I think it has to do with stress, and I think it has to do with all the multitasking that we women and other people are just doing so much of today. So I want to give you some ideas for giving your brain a workout so you can remain sharp as you are starting to age. And aging is a natural part of life for all of us. Okay. So I'm not saying, you know, that this podcast today's episode is just for people who are older. It is for the young women too, because they are aging just like everybody else. So first thing is I want you to learn new things. Experts believe that when the brain is passive and unengaged, it will atrophy. The brain wants to learn new things. And the best way to keep your brain healthy, just like with other muscles is to make it work. Choose something new to learn that is enjoyable to you and attack it with all the gusto you've got, ladies. Check out your local adult continuing education departments to find classes, whether you want to learn a new language, whether you want to learn how to cook, whether you want to learn how to paint, whether you want to go back and learn some new business things, or you want to get in better physical fitness. Number two, solve math problems in your head. Now, this is a hard one for me because math was never my strong point, even though I'm in medicine. Calculus was very difficult for me, and I'm lucky that I passed. So here it is. Forego the use of pencil, paper, or calculator, and use that brain to solve simple math problems. Increase the difficulty as needed, or try walking a while while you are solving math problems. Don't fret, ladies, if you make mistakes, or it seems to take a while before reaching the answer. The key is to not give up. When the brain is having to try to solve a problem it is working much more efficiently. So 
That's why when we ask ourselves or if we ask each other open-ended questions versus yes and no questions, the brain has to work harder with open-ended questions because it has to start thinking, okay, what am I going to do? And when you ask the brain questions, the brain will start giving you the answer. So remember, open-ended questions. Remember, also solve math problems in your head. Number three, I want you to engage all of your senses. All five of our senses, ladies, utilize different parts of the brain. So choose activities that depend upon using your senses. Cooking classes are excellent choices because they use sight, smell, and taste. Okay. Also, when you paint, you're using sight and you're using visual space. So you're doing that. When you exercise, you're using your mind, your muscles, coordination, your eyes to see what you're doing. So use as many senses with the activities that you're doing as possible, because then you're getting the brain to do a lot more work and it's just enjoying it a lot more. Number four, I want you to practice your hand eye coordination, putting a puzzle together, knitting, crocheting, painting, or drawing are just some good examples of hobbies involving hand eye coordination. Even the simple art of handwriting a letter can assist in strengthening your coordination and your brain function. Now, Here's the thing too. We've gotten away from that so much of handwriting because we're always texting or we're on our computer and we're, you know, typing and we're sending emails that we're not use physically using our handwriting. And when you have to write, there's something about writing that takes it from our brains, takes it from our heart, and we're writing it out and it gets on paper. It's very, very therapeutic. So that's why so much of the time, you know, I'm talking to you about, you know, doing, keeping a food journal, keeping a journal of your daily gratitudes of just keeping a journal in general of how you're feeling because writing it out has an important power on the brain and helps keep the brain young. Number five, this is one of my most favorite ones. It's called reading. It's a simple concept we learned back in elementary school. Yes. As life gets in the way, taking time to read a novel or a magazine goes by the wayside. Reading engages your senses of sight, but it also engages your imagination as you picture what's happening in the story. Reading also increases your focus and attention, as well as your knowledge and your vocabulary. Not a fan of novels? No worries, ladies. Choose a favorite magazine, crossword puzzles, or logic problems. You'll reap the same benefits no matter what the format is. Okay? Get away from your cell phone, get away from the computer. And the only reason I say that is because it's not that it's not reading. It's just that it's screen time. Your eyes are focusing on the screen and the glare from the screen, from your computer and from your cell phone. And you need to give your eyes a break because when your eyes are tired, your brain is going to get more tired. So physically, tangibly touch something, get a book, go to the library, you know, read a magazine, keep those businesses alive. My granddaughter is going to be a reader because I am definitely a reader. It is one of my huge, huge passions. So one quick note here, memory game software is not found to have quite the same effects as those suggestions above. On a quick note here, I want you to understand that memory game software is not found to have quite the same effect as those suggestions that I just gave you. Real world activities such as fishing, doing a Sudoku puzzle, or driving home on a different route are more effective at maintaining cognitive function and won't cost much money to complete. So ladies, no matter what your current age, now is the time to care for your brain and maintain your cognitive function. 
Not only will your brain benefit from the ideas that we've gone over today, but you'll enjoy, but you'll find some joy again by integrating new fun activities into your life. Okay. We always got to keep the brain and keep life spicy here. So next we're going to talk about five ways exercising your body is good for your brain. And don't roll your eyes and say, come on, Michelle, you're always talking to us about exercise because you know, I'm never going to stop. So here we go. All right. So ladies, unless you live under a rock, you've seen myriad news reports over the years about how to live a healthy lifestyle and why healthy living is so important. And if you haven't heard it from those places, you've definitely heard it from listening to this podcast. Those news reports and articles often mention losing weight as the ultimate goal, probably because of our obesity epidemic and the prevalence of type 2 diabetes. But we sometimes forget the unseen benefits of exercise on our bodies. Okay. And here's the thing. I don't ever like to look at, you know, weight loss as, you know, or diet. I like to look at, you know, having a good lifestyle, a healthy lifestyle, one in which, you know, it includes eating healthy and exercise. And by doing all the good things, we're keeping our body healthy. Okay. That's where I want you to, you know, concentrate on. So let's talk about the five ways exercising your body is good for your brain. Number one, it improves your HDL cholesterol and your triglyceride levels. Cholesterol is a natural compound found inside our body's cell membranes, but increased levels will increase your risk of developing cardiovascular disease. Triglycerides are the fats that accumulate in your bloodstream when you indulge in an unhealthy eating regime. Improving both of these levels keeps your blood flowing easily, which reduces your risk of stroke, which is good news for the brain. Number two, it improves your heart and lung health. If you get winded walking down your driveway or just going to the over walking down the stairs or just going to check out the mail, it's a sign that your lungs aren't working at optimal capacity. It can also be if you are just starting a cardio a new cardiovascular exercise program at the gym, you may also notice that you just don't have the stamina quite yet to finish or to complete a large amount of it. Not to worry, okay? Improving the heart I'm sorry. So improving the health of your heart, ladies and lungs, it improves your endurance. It improves the amount of oxygen transported to your cells and your organs, but it also improves your cognitive function. According to a study in this in, that was published in Sweden in 2012. Okay. So here's the thing for me, it's the same thing. I'm right there. I just started getting back on the um, stair stepper at the gym. I used to be able to do a good 45 minutes on there. Well, haven't done it in a long time and I'm back down to just training my body to do 15 minutes. So, you know, I get winded and even when I'm doing my workout with my trainer, I find that doing some of the cardio, I get winded. So I'm working on it. Okay. So when we work on our endurance with our cardio and with our breathing, we are working on improving the cognitive function in our brain. Number three, lower your blood sugar levels and the risk of type two diabetes. Moderate exercise is one of the ways to combat high blood sugar levels, which can lead to type two diabetes. Daily exercise forces your heart to beat faster and your lungs to work harder. Both of these functions require glucose, which is blood sugar, which is always present in the bloodstream. The faster you exercise, the more glucose you burn and the more sensitive your body becomes to insulin. 
This sensitivity allows less insulin to be produced and to work more efficiently, effectively throughout your body. High blood glucose levels over a number of years can lead to damage of the nerves, including those of the brain, which can cause an increased risk of dementia. So exercise helps you to reduce type 2 diabetes. It helps to reduce insulin resistance. And overall, it improves brain cognitive function. Number one, exercise also improves your libido. Woohoo! When you're stressed, ladies, your body produces too much cortisol, a stress hormone, which again, we've talked about several times, which can cause a decrease in libido over time. Stress also plays a part in erectile dysfunction for your male partners. Exercise releases stress, which lowers cortisol and releases dopamine from the brain. And all of this can often improve one's sex life. Increased dopamine can help lower anxiety levels and can improve our overall attitude. So exercise not only helps your libido, but it helps your brain. So go out and get some exercise today, ladies. Number five, it promotes better sleep habits. Daily exercise tires out the body, but it also can tire out the brain so it's ready to rest at bedtime. Your quality of sleep improves with exercise as does the duration. Just don't exercise too close to bedtime or you'll be energized instead of tired. Adequate sleep time helps the brain helps the brain to recover from the day, but it also helps improve the neurons communication with the rest of our body. All right. And you know that part of the whole thing I coach on to and talk about is how to have a better night's sleep. And if you want to go get a free resource, it's over on our resources page. There's a whole thing on um, having a morning routine and how to have a morning routine and how to have a night routine. But sleep is very important because sleep, again, it refuels your brain so that you have more energy the next day. Okay. And exercise can also make you sleep better, which is a good thing. So any of the, any of these examples, ladies that I have given you today should be enough reason to add exercise into your daily routine. Even if you haven't been exercising, just start adding it in as moderation. As the experts note, you don't have to run a marathon or be a bodybuilder, bodybuilder to benefit from exercise. Start off with walking or swimming so as to not injure yourself and build up your, your duration and intensity from there. Couple your exercise times with friends and you won't even realize that you're working alone or that you're working hard. And when I work out with my um, workout partner, Celeste, and we're on the treadmill or we're on the the Stairmaster or we're on the elliptical, time flies by fast because we're having a conversation and I'm not even thinking about, you know, my legs hurting. I'm just thinking about talking with her and what a great time that we're having. So I highly encourage you to get, you know, an accountability partner or a gym or a gym partner or a walking buddy or somebody that you can go and do some exercise with, because it's always funner to exercise with a friend than it is alone. But if you don't have a friend to go, then still go. I don't want you using going alone as an excuse because you just heard all those beneficial benefits that exercise has not only on your body, but also on your cognitive brain function. Okay, so moving right along, we're going to move into our next section and we're going to understand why sleeping our way to a healthy brain is important. All right, our brains, ladies, are the miracle powerhouses of our bodies. This extremely complex organ controls all our bodily functions. So for obvious reasons, we should do everything and anything in our power to keep our brains functioning 
healthily. Don't be discouraged by this daunting task. One simple way to keep your brain healthy is to get enough sleep. In today's busy world, as most of us live in and most of us are feeling, too often we stay up late to finish work, finish housework, or to finally relax with our spouse. But then the vicious cycle starts again too early in the morning when we waken to get ready for work, to feed the kids, or to get a jump start on that work deadlines that's hovering over our head. And just like I mentioned in the last section about going to our, our resources and grabbing, you know, the morning routine, if you do like what Darren Hardy says, and he's my virtual guru, he says, bookend your days. Have a morning routine that you get up and that you start so that your body's relaxed. You're not just stressing out in the morning. And then also have an evening routine to get your body to wind down. And we're going to be talking a lot about that in my new membership that I'm going to be launching in a couple months here. So I hope that you'll stick around for that. We're going to have some foundational work that we're, that we're going to all be going through. And then we're going to build upon that month to month. And one of those things is going to be talking about having a good morning and evening routine. All right. Without sleep, your brain cannot function properly, ladies, and I cannot stress that enough. Your your reflexes are slower, you'll have difficulty focusing on tasks, and you'll have difficulty learning new things. Sleep is also extremely important to your brain's neurons and their ability to communicate with each other. The National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke says, research shows that a chronic lack of sleep or getting poor quality sleep increases the risk of disorders including high blood pressure, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, depression, and obesity. As we know from news reports, cardiovascular disease is the number one killer of adults and type 2, bi- type 2 diabetes, along with obesity, have reached epidemic proportions. Therefore, ladies, it makes common sense to do anything possible to avoid these ca- catastrophic health issues. All right, so now here are the five ways to improve your sleep and your brain function. Ready? All right. I want you to know that you are in complete control of how much sleep you get each night and the quality of that sleep. So here are the tips. Number one, unplug from electronics one hour before going to bed. The blue light that reflects off the mobile phone or television screen reduces the amount of melatonin produced in the brain, which is necessary for a good night's sleep. Number two, meditate. Coupled with unplugging from technology, meditation is a peaceful way to calm down after a long, stressful day. And it doesn't have to be sitting on the floor in the lotus position, you know, doing the chanting. Meditation can be a number of different things for each one of us. Number three, set an earlier bedtime. Instead of falling asleep on the couch watching your favorite television show, ladies, I want you to set the DVR and go to bed earlier. Adults need a solid seven to nine hours of sleep each night for optimal performance the next day. Okay, so don't be worried about missing your favorite show. Just put it on DVR, you know, record it you know, get sling or any of those other programs that, that does that because your sleep is much more important than that show that you're watching and staying up late for. That's not going to make you money. Your brain is going to make you money. So you need to have that brain power working for you. Number four, increase your light exposure during daytime hours. Your circadian rhythm ladies is the biological time clock that tells the body it's daytime or nighttime. Increasing your light exposure not only increases your daytime energy, but it prepares your body for a good night's sleep. Get outside when the sun is out, sit by a window, or change your light bulbs from soft white light to daytime 
white to add brightness to your day. And this is something that like I struggle with my mom a lot. And sometimes with elderly people, it's the same thing. Their circadian rhythm gets all off. Like she gets really tired because she has trouble holding her bladder. So she's up all night and then she sleeps during the day. And then she opens up the windows and it's dark outside, but she thinks that it's, you know, instead of being 1, 1 a.m. in the morning, she thinks like it's one in the afternoon. So you can get yourself all off. And this happens to a lot of people who work the swing shift or the night shift. You got your whole circadian rhythm gets turned off and out of whack. And when that happens, you tend to find that you are that you have less energy, you are not functioning mentally at capacity, you get much more brain fog, and it adds to a lot of different things. So make sure that your circadian rhythm is turned on the right way. Get out and get some sun exposure because sun also gives you some vitamin D, which is a necessary pro-growth hormone. All right. And the last tip here, ladies, is turn your bedroom into a peaceful oasis. To improve your sleep quality, eliminate clutter, aka laundry piles, junk, stacks of paper, add some room darkening shades or curtains. I just did that recently and change your electronic and charge your electronics elsewhere. There have been numerous studies that you should keep your electronics at least six to 12 feet away from your bed. So they should not be charging right next to your ear. And there's also studies that show that if you have a metal frame bed, do not stick your phone on the side of your bed in the metal thing and charge it because it's electrically charging the whole bed that you are sleeping in. So if you can charge your phone in another room or charge it earlier so that you're not charging it while you're sleeping. There's often, there's also great research on that you should shut off your Wi-Fi at nighttime too. But you know, hey, for those of us who just need the Wi-Fi because you don't have regular phones, it may not be a thing that you can do, but at least don't charge your phones close to your bed. All right. And getting those um, blackout curtains. Oh God, it was a lifesaver, lifesaver, because it allows me, I can sleep in a little bit more earlier in the morning because here in California, it's now getting you know light at five o'clock. I don't necessarily want to get up at five. So those curtains make it great. Also, Ladies, clutter causes stress in our brains, which is the last thing you want when it's time for sleeping. So here's the thing too. You know, we make all the other rooms in our home great. So what I want you to do is to make your bedroom your oasis. You know, do some nice things in the bedroom for yourself because it will really improve not only your mood, but it'll improve your sleep. So here's final thoughts. Improving your sleep, ladies, will naturally improve your brain function. A healthy, well-rested brain also plays a role in making healthy eating choices and having the energy to exercise. Because if you have brain fog, you are going to emotionally eat more. And of course, you're not going to have the energy to exercise. So you're going to stop doing that as well. Feeling more awake in the morning also sets a positive tone for your entire day. Okay. So here's the thing. When you are functionally optimal, when you are functioning at your optimum level, your business just soars. When you're functioning at a suboptimal level, your business is going to hurt and it's not going to be good. You're not going to have the energy that you need to do the launches, you know, to do that career path intake, any of that other kind of stuff that you need to do to make your business and your career life more successful. You need to be healthy first. And that starts with taking care of yourself and taking care of your brain. All right. Now moving into our last section, Five superfoods your brain needs to stay young. All right, ladies, 
Did you know that cognitive decline can begin as early as your late 20s and early 30s? Now that might be news for some of you. Okay, but not for me, but that's news because we've got so many millennials out there, you know, on the career path, starting their own businesses, and they're just as stressed as us older gals. So we need to keep our brains healthy, even at a young age. A University of Virginia study published in 2019 discovered top performance in some of the tests were accomplished at the age of 22, a notable decline in certain measures of abstract reasoning, brain speed, and in puzzle solving became apparent at age 27. Okay. Should I say that again? Certain measures of abstract reasoning, brain speed, and in puzzle solving became apparent at age 27, meaning that they started seeing a decline in brain functioning at the age of 27. Now, I'm not talking about age decline to somebody who's 80. I'm talking about age decline starting in your 20s, ladies. So, okay, take note here. Considering the life expectancy of age in the U.S. is 78.69%, that's a lot of years to live with decreased brain function. But there's good news here. We can improve our brain's function based on our life choices. And you know I talk about all that, and we've been talking about that today. We can actually control how smart we become. And I love that because I really want to be smart. I hope you do too. All right. Nutrition is the very basic foundation of all health. It was there at the beginning of time. So including brain health, so making wise choices in what foods to eat not only helps your body stay healthy and trim, but also helps improve your brain function. So if you suffer from brain fog, if you have a hard time concentrating at work, I'm going to help you combat those today by talking to you about superfoods that you can put into your nutrition plan and start eating every day to improve your brain function and to help it stay young. Okay. By simply adding these superfoods in while, while still relying, you can on some packaged foods, your meals won't achieve maximum results. But if you're one who needs to eat that way, that's fine. But I want you to start making more choices to eat more whole foods. Okay. And here's where you're going to start. You're going to start by adding in more dark leafy greens, things such as kale, spinach, Swiss chard. They all contain vitamin K, lutein, folate, and beta carotene, which combat inflammation, improve cognitive function, and reduce neurodegeneration. If you're not a fan of salads, adopt the habit of drinking a green smoothie daily for breakfast by adding in some of these things, kale, spinach, and Swiss chard. Okay. Next, Oh, about the Swiss chard, you have to um, steam it or kind of heat it a little bit. Do not eat it raw because it can block the calcium production too. So just be careful with some of the things that you're eating raw, kind of find out if that's the way to go. Number two, I want you to include more berries. Blueberries especially contain antioxidants and phytochemicals, which have been shown, ladies, to improve cognitive function. When you're craving something sweet, reach for those berries instead of sugar-filled snacks or add a single serving of blueberries to sweeten your green smoothie. Blueberries are low in carbs. They are they, they are on the ketogenic diet. You can have berries. Okay, it is one of those okay sweet things to eat. But berries are also low in calories and they taste great. So they can actually help you with any sweet tooth that you're having. And right now, moving into summertime, all those berries are going to be in very rich supply. Number two, number three, I want you to eat some more avocados. Your brain needs healthy fats, ladies, to function, and avocados are filled with monosaturated fats. Avocados are also important to your overall health because they help balance your LDL, HDL cholesterol ratio, 
which ladies in turn increases the blood flow to your brain and reduces your risk of stroke. So add some avocado to your salads or make some homemade guacamole. Number four, I want you to boost up on cauliflower and broccoli. Both are filled with choline, which helps prevent memory loss and cognitive decline as we age. So go over to Pinterest and check out some simple yet tasty ways to prepare cauliflower and broccoli or add some raw pieces to your salad. I love to do cauliflower mash. You know, you, you get you can either buy it in the store already grated, or you can buy the whole cauliflower and you can grate it yourself, and then you steam it kind of like rice. So you can either use it as mash, you can use it as rice. It's lower in calories, it's lower in carbs than regular potato, and it's boosting your brain function at the same time. So, hey, get lichen cauliflower and add a lot more broccoli. I love broccoli, and broccoli also has a quality in it that helps protect you from cancer. So get going on those two vegetables, ladies. They're very easy to add. Number five, I want you to start using turmeric. Whether you sprinkle it on your food, whether you get some turmeric capsules and make sure if you're taking turmeric in a capsule, you need to also have it mixed with black pepper because black pepper is what activates it. And also, as you all know, If you're going to start using spices or other things like that, make sure that you talk to your medical provider first to make sure that adding that spice or that herb in is okay with whatever medications you're taking. So turmeric is a yellow spice often used in Indian foods. Turmeric is a potent anti-inflammatory, which can also help improve memory. Its main compound, curcumin, is thought to increase the presence of BDNF, a growth hormone in the brain. I'm going to say that again, curcumin is thought to increase the presence of BDNF. It's a growth hormone in the brain. Alzheimer's disease and other brain disorders are linked to decreased levels of this hormone. So add turmeric to your foods or take a supplement daily. And again, check with your medical provider to make sure that you can do that. I take a turmeric turmeric, um, supplement every day. I sprinkle it on my foods. I use it for joint pain. It helps a lot. You can get from good quality from Swanson's. Um, Dr. Terry, um, there's Terry. Dr. Terry also makes a great um, turmeric. But make sure again, ladies, when you're going to take supplements, do not buy them from your big box stores. Go to an actual health food store, nutrition place, get a quality supplement. You may pay more in the short run, but you're going to have a greater payout in the long run because it's going to actually be doing your body some good. And as you always know, I'm going to tell you to ditch the packaged foods. As you work your way through trying some of these five superfoods that I've just talked to you about, I want you to also work on avoiding any foods that come in a package if you can. Okay. I know change is hard. And I'm not saying just to go, never go to the grocery store and buy a packaged item again. I just want you to slowly start reducing them in your pantry. It definitely takes a shift in mindset, but everything you need to make simple, healthy meals is found in the outer aisles of your supermarket. The one exception is frozen fruits and veggies. These are healthy options provided there's no added sugar. Your body doesn't know how to properly digest and eliminate these packaged chemicals and preservatives. So why run the risk, ladies, of building up this toxic load, which may affect your brain? Because we're seeing a big correlation between toxicity, heavy metals, and different things, and Alzheimer's and dementia. All right. So I have given you a ton of stuff to think about and ponder today. We talked about six healthy behaviors that benefit your brain health. 
Then we started talking about five ways that exercise can help to combat the, the brain to cognitive decline. Then we moved into five ways exercising your brain is good for your health. Then we talked about sleeping your way to a healthy brain. And then we ended just now on five superfoods your brain needs to stay young. I hope that you have gotten something out of this lesson, out of this lesson today, ladies, this podcast episode. I've learned, I hope you've learned a little bit about brain health. I hope you taken some notes if you're at the computer or not behind your car. If you are listening when you're at home, jot down those superfoods, jot down the things that you can do for some brain health, jot down those bad habits and try to correct those. And then I want you to go over to our wellwomannetwork.com forward slash episode 58 and download the freebie, the self-assessment, and to see how optimized your brain is. So you'll kind of get an idea of where you are and how you have to improve. As always, I thank you for listening to this podcast. Please pop on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. And don't forget to join Well Woman Network 360 on Facebook or come on over to the gram. It's Well Woman Network. Leave me a DM. Let us know what you think about our feed. We're changing it and we're trying to get into new things and new themes. So I appreciate all the feedback. I appreciate the love and I appreciate you joining me here each week. So I want to let you know, have a blessed week. May God richly bless you and bye for now. The information, including but not limited to text, graphics, images, and other material contained in the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle podcast is for educational purposes only. The purpose of the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle is to promote broad consumer understanding and knowledge of various women's health topics. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking any new health care regime. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have read or heard on one of our podcasts. 